$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Your host, Olivia, here. And today I have Dr. Liz Jenkins. Yeah. And we're talking about that even in the most disconnected, distance relationships, we can quickly and successfully be reconnected again. Like who, like which one of you, like, let's just be honest. Like, is your life perfect? Like, is your relationship perfect? Probably not if you clicked on this, but you came to the right place. Dr. Jenkins has thousands of hours of experience. She's been married. She's got the hands-on experience. You know, I'm big on that. I'm I'm big on the hands-on because it's one thing to be one of those people that it's like, oh, in theory, people got all these theories, but (laughs) they actually have the life experience along with the research to back it up. She's been married for 30, over 35 years as a licensed in marriage, licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified connection coach with over 75 thousand hours of focused time working with women and couples. She has so, so, so much experience. She is actually one of the relationship experts in Dave Ramsey's online dating Facebook group, Single Singles Collective Facebook group, a featured podcast guest on shows such as the Fit and Fabulous podcast with Jamie Seaman, Masterclass on Relationships with Kyle Gillett, and published author. Her true passion and superpower is guiding couples to identify their unique path to relationship success. Definitely check the show notes below for her links. She's got some freebies in there too. So definitely, if you like what she's, if you're picking up what she's putting down, definitely check out (laughs) what she has to offer to help you have that, you know, increase that connection, build back that love and bond in your relationship. So, Dr. Jenkins, I want to first ask you, what now, what are some of the most common issues you see amongst relationships? Oh, boy. Um, You know what? I think one of the the things that stand out, one of the things that primarily stand out is couples fight about the small stuff. And so they get hung up and they'll come to you like... Literally, the toilet paper. He doesn't know how to put the toilet paper on the roll, and he goes over or down, or the lids up or lids down, and then and then from that they start to think that they've chosen poorly, and that they've made mistakes, and so the disconnect and the dissatisfaction starts coming in early, in even some of the most well matched relationships, because. 
most of us come preloaded to dating and relationships and how we interact with people based on how how we grew up. What did we see? How did mom and dad or aunts and uncles interact with each other? What were our experiences with our peers and then our early dating? And everyone gave us the best example or the information that they could based on where they were. And so when I have these couples coming to me and they're saying, there's something wrong and we're considering divorce because we can't agree on, you know, which way the toilet paper goes or, you know, how to, how to discipline the dog. We're not going to be ready for kids. What they're lacking is not the, not that they made the choice the incorrect choice, but they don't have the skills and the strategies. They, they've lost communication. They maybe don't even know what correct communication is. They don't really know how to get past these little obstacles. The um, other amazing thing about most of couples is that when it comes to the big emergency, heavy, urgent stuff, they're in alignment. They're like the best surgical team or the best ER team going in because they really are well matched. They just don't have the luxury of fighting about anything in that big moment when, you know, there's a major storm coming in, there's a traffic accident, the kids running 104 fever and we got to figure out what's doing. There isn't the luxury of fighting. It's the little stuff. And that's what we help folks navigate. I help folks navigate all the time. And the little stuff feels so big because they're like little T traumas. It's a little yeah. annoyance. It's a little trigger and mm-hmm. it pounds, it compounds on, especially if you like, if you go to work and mm-hmm. then you had a stressful day and you come home and it's like, God, this, this toilet paper ain't right. You just right. left this in the, you, you didn't put the keys mm-hmm. in the right place. You didn't do this. And then they're dealing with stress too. And mm-hmm. it just, it makes it so much bigger of a thing than it really is. But I also, I was thinking about this today. I was on a walk and mm-hmm. so many people don't accept that there are going to be hard times. They don't prepare themselves mm-hmm. for the hard times. They mm-hmm. don't, they think that it's going to be fairy tales and sunshine, but they don't ask the questions that they should beforehand. What will I do? A lot of people don't think solution-based when it comes to their relationships and their issues. And like you mentioned with the communication part, a lot of people, they just try to communicate to be heard, but they don't really understand the other person. And they think that's communication. Well, they just don't understand me. Well, do you understand them? Like, are you really <laughs> understanding what they're saying? Yeah. Let's look at ourselves first, right? You know? Yeah. Are you um, giving if- them the love you want to receive? Mm-hmm. And and I, and I love that you're spot on 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 that as well, Olivia. It's like communication is so much more. And that's one of the things that they don't teach us in school, right? They, we know how to f- write sentences and the who, what, when, where, and why. But actually in lurking in some of our training, it's incorrect information when we apply it to our relationships, such as the words we use. Why don't you remember to clean up the kitchen after, you know, why don't you remember to turn off the lights? We're trying to save energy. Why is one of those trigger words, we're going to start a fight because it implies you're doing something wrong and I'm right. 
growing up or in other worlds, it's one of those curiosity questions, but in a relationship, especially when it comes loaded with tone and, you know, and fatigue, we start to um, feel defensive and the fight start. So I'm talking to folks about communication skills. I'm talking to them about conflict. When couples come to me, we do deep dives and we figure out how each of them come kind of preloaded what their toolkit has and then how that meshes with the with their relationship because no two relationships look the same and so when someone puts up just like a cookie cutter saying and says you guys should sit down and talk with one another that is actually setting the couple up for fail and that's where the comparison comes and that's where a lot of the things maybe on social media people see that all these selfies and they look so happy that's just a one little snapshot of maybe a truly enjoyable moment, but there's all the other stuff. You talked about the hard stuff that doesn't come up and bubble up. And so relationships are heavy lifting and they're entirely rewarding around that. Other things, couples dictionary, absolutely love talking to couples about their dictionary. And I had, um, if I can share one, one example of a couple with with your audience and maybe they can kind of get an idea is this this woman lovely couple you know great so let's say her name's Jane and his is Bill all right and they have a daughter and the daughter is now three months old and they made a pact that she was Jane would stay home with the baby for a few months maybe forever depending on how finances worked out Pretty early after they had the baby, which is a life transition, and you go from just the two of us to not knowing what it's going to be like to have three of us, and she wanted a joint checking account. So she asked Bill for it. I I want a joint checking account. Sure, sure, sure. No problem. Gotcha. Prior to that, they both had their own incomes, and the money just flowed to whoever was paying the bills or whoever was rent. No big deal. She now had no income. And he's got it. He's busy working double time in there and coming home to help at the house. And she's getting more and more angry because she's asked him about the joint checking account and it's not happening. So when I came in the picture with the couple, it was already really frosty and cold. She was take, picking up the baby, turning her back on him, taking the baby up, to, you know, away from him, sleeping upstairs with the baby. And so, you know, they were definitely on in some really serious territory. She shared with me that the joint checking account meant it was a pledge to their daughter that they were parents and they were going to be united forever and take care of her, that they were adults. That's great. That's wonderful. That's a beautiful thing. In my mind, I had been thinking it was just like, okay, well, you don't have money coming in yours. Let's just have one. It'd be easier to write the bill, take bills out of it. And I said, what's your husband? You know, what's Bill think about it? She said, I don't know. And I said, so have you told him? No. So what she had failed to tell him was why, what was the reason she was making this ask of him? So he didn't understand the big picture, brought him in, chatted with him. He thought it was an efficiency model. He thought that just having one point of contact for the income would make it easy. And there was plenty of time to get around to it because so far for the past three months, bills have been being paid the old fashioned way. And so when he 
heard what her um, definition of joint checking account, the light bulb went on him. He had this big smile, an aha on his face. He was 100% in. And he said, I'm sorry, I didn't know if I, if I could have the checking account information. As soon as we're done with Liz, I'm going to go straight to the bank. I will not leave the bank until we have the checking account in place. And then I'll go to work. Boom. It was a win. So relationships can be tough, but when you have the right tools and the right strategies, sometimes that hard stuff is really simple. It's just like a little, you know, bump in the road. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With When it comes to dictionary, the couple's dictionary, is it the words they choose to use? Because you went a little different than I expected. Is it more <laughs> so... Because, I mean, it seemed that they lacked a lot of communication mm-hmm. where, you know, she it the meaning behind the situation was completely different for each of them, which mm-hmm. they both neglected to communicate. But right. like I thought, like, are there like no say words that you have or things like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So the couple's dictionary is making sure that you're both of you understand really what the definition of that word is for each other. We come preloaded and we assume the other person, a checking account is a checking account. It's the same. Okay. No go danger zone words are yes. There's a, um, a list. <laughs> the first one I've, I shared a little bit about the why. When we ask why it Puts the, it implies that you've done something wrong. Why didn't you put the dishes in in the dishwasher? And so some of us feel compelled, me, because I'm really good about being, explaining myself, which is like, well, I was busy and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. All right. What? Why doesn't leave much room for a right or wrong? So. That's one. And we'll talk about how to maybe do it. Hey, next time you do the dishes, I would prefer that they go straight into the dishwasher instead of sitting. Okay, now we have a preference. Great. When I have time and the luxury to do that, that's exactly where they're going. Right now they're sitting in the sink because I didn't get time. All right. We can come up with some different words around instead of why. The other ones are the absolutes. Never, always, should. You never follow through with things. You always drop the ball. You should know that they're, they need to be in bed by seven o'clock. Otherwise they're, they're cranky. You should know you got to wake them up from their nap. Otherwise um, they won't sleep tonight. All of those lovely life-saving skills as parents, these absolute words do a couple things. They open us up for a data fight. And what I mean by that is, let's just say we go back to, let's so dad under the bus, the baby bus, and he's there with the child. And the, the kids have to get up by three o'clock or they will not sleep the next through 
through the next night very well. And it's now 3.30, 4 o'clock, you're coming home from work and the kids are still asleep. And like, why are the kids asleep? You should have be, you should have woken them up an hour ago. You know that they're going to be up all night. Okay. That starts a data descent. Because then the father on the other side is going to start picking times when maybe I haven't left. I had let the kids sleep in and I have my reasons why it's no, I don't always let them sleep in like that. They were, they were got a late nap and now I'm letting them sleep through it. Uh, you know, and so we start to refute that attack. And so these, these, we go off track of the intent. I'm the frazzled, tired mom coming home from work. What I wanted was to have kids up, dinner started, them getting tired out enough so that they'll go to bed easily for me because I'm tired. That's what I was really upset about. Not that they were maybe necessarily, you know, sleeping in a little bit extra because I would assume my husband knows well. The other part is when I say you never do as I ask or you, you know, these never should always, I believe what I say and that starts to color my impression of satisfaction, dissatisfaction, and expectations of my spouse and in kind of vice versa. So at some level, I'm starting to create at a very small step-by-step, little bit by little bit, a picture of dissatisfaction with my spouse and that I can't count on them and that I start to build myself into if I want something done, I'm going to have to do it myself. Or, God, I married a baby. Now I have, you know, so I gave birth to two kids. Now I have three kids instead of two. That's not sexy. And then that rolls off into the bedroom and all other parts of areas of your of your relationship. I There's a lot of things that I, I took down from this. So I noticed that a lot of those phrases are very adversarial phrases. And that's not mm-hmm. conducive for a team environment. Yes. I, I believe it's so important to be a team with your partner and, and looking at it from that aspect, looking at mm-hmm. it as this is the most important relationship you're going to have because you're, this is your partner. This is the mm-hmm. one that you fight with. And I find, you know what, I find that people that haven't done the work, they don't know how to argue with other people when they get stressed out. Because when we get stressed out, we don't, con- we don't challenge ourselves to get better at how we argue. It's mm-hmm. so good in theory to be like, okay, I'm gonna walk away. It took us some time. Like in my marriage, we've been, it'll be eight years in October. Oh, congratulations. And, <laughs> thank you. And yeah. it took, and I've been, I've been kind of like asking the experts questions for some time now, but mm-hmm. uh, it took me some time to get to the point where I could walk away. From when I knew Mm -hmm. I was getting too tempered to be that present, you know, a lot of times there's, there's substance abuse in, in these arguments. A lot of people fight when they're drunk. Like, like, let's not forget, like the people are high (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. 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 Altered state of consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times those, Mm -hmm. that's when arguments come up. I think that there's more people that drink alcohol than there's, than less than. And I say Mm -hmm. that because when you don't drink, people ask you why you don't. It's the only (laughs) drug you got to explain why you don't do. I'm going to just put, put that one out there. I'm going to start when people are tired too, right? The, it, the worst time 
to have any significant conversation is at the end of the week. I have some couples that are on a, they are on like a no, no fight, no, no hard topic Thursday nights and Friday nights until they've gotten good rest for the weekend. To me, and you might Mm -hmm. not call it this, but I think a way that has helped me combat some of these, the pettiness that I have is to have more team building activities. Hmm. And the, you might you might not call it that, but I know that there's something that you have couples do mm-hmm. to become a better union. So can you talk into uh, about that a little bit? Absolutely. So what I hear, so what I hear you doing is like you're building, you're actually kind of rehearsing one of the important parts about being in a in a connected couple is that we're a team. We figure things out. We work things through. It gets tough. We keep pushing ourselves, it doesn't mean we give up or we throw the towel in. And it also runs out. There was a very wise couple that I was talking to. And I said, so, I mean, they've been like 60 some years and I was just, you know, talking because I always talk to people. And they said, what we do is we've learned long ago that it's sort of like swimming. Both of us are swimming in this marriage and there's going to be times when one of us gets tired. And the key is that one of us keeps swimming, even when the other one is, has stopped. And I said, you let them drown? No, sometimes we just like pull them along or we let them float for a while. But one of us is always kind of basically swimming for the relationship. And I thought about that. It's really is like, how do we keep that optimism going and, and keep ourselves um, engaged, even when we're not not feeling it and so teamwork is really what in some of the the research we found we need to have novel and fun things together when life gets hard um, sometimes we just focus on the tough stuff and so we found that research shows if you put couples together and um, do a a marital satisfaction a quiz, and then we throw them out to an obstacle course and then bring them back and have them take the same test, the satisfaction goes way off the scale. It's those little shots of fun and adrenaline. And as a couple in the everyday stuff, maybe you can't always go do an obstacle course, but team building, maybe we're sitting around with like, you know what, this kitchen really could use an overhaul. And as a team, the two of you plan, maybe go get paint and you create a prettier place. I have my couples learn how to cook together so they can take, you know, they're, they're in there laughing, having fun, having flops, but they're learning how to work together in a place that may be outside of their, their comfort zone. I guess having children, right? That's a huge team building experience because the kids are going to challenge you just in the everyday stuff. But as ours got older, they learned how to attempt and sometimes they're really good split and divide mom and dad. You know, like dad's a softie. Sure, you can have more ice cream. Mom's already said, no, your dinner's coming. And then they're out there eating these wonderful drumsticks and like, what are you doing? You know, so it's helping parents and couples before coming together, like I said, doing the work together, becoming this well-oiled team, and also, you know, showing appreciation for each other. One of the things you mentioned was that in 
the fighting and the arguing. In the work world, we probably wouldn't be being that verbal with some of our coworkers if they dropped the ball on a, on a project or something. We also probably would use more of our pleas and thank yous and show some appreciation when somebody swung by and pulled my stuff off the, the copier and dropped it on my desk and said, hey, I saw you printed this. Like, oh, thank you so much, right? Or, you know, let me cut in head for a coffee because I was late to a meeting. We don't do that in longer term relationships. We drop the manners and we just start assuming that that's part of the job. So when someone goes out of their way to do their, you know, take the trash out, that's just part of the job. Well, did you thank them for doing it? No. Why should I thank them? That's the part of their job. Like, no, we need to go back to our manners, showing appreciation acknowledging what they've done those are important i want to say rewards to the being a team and working together see me working in food and bev it's not (laughs) like an office like it's high stress when we're in the weeds when we're doing when we're short-staffed and we've got like we're doing twenty five thousand dollars there, there people get mad quickly and i realize that Mm -hmm. People that do not have successful relationships also don't know to how to handle their stress as well. Yes. And that's yes. The, like, w- that's what I've learned with working with grown adults in 2022 mm-hmm. and 2023 mm-hmm. and, and seeing how they interact, especially I've been in food and bed for 11 years. So You've it's, had a it's uh, experience with. And, and I mean, I've done, mm-hmm. I've done marketing. Um, I did marketing for a mall. So like those events are shorter term, but I've also done, I've worked in a manufacturing company for railroad parts where the stress is very much on the emails. Mm-hmm. So like email hell, and that's, that's a lot different, you know, too. Sure. But for instance, like in doctor's offices, that's high stress. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything that causes people to drink a lot or an excuse to drink a lot, construction, very mm-hmm. toxic environment. I just learned about this, but it's a very toxic environment where there can be aggression given mm-hmm. those industries tend, you tend to see and know these people on a different level than you would just working in an office. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it, people. People do also miss those. You can you can see that if they're if they're that rude to you in person right now, how, how do they treat their significant others? There was something else that you said that made me write this down, but it was re- evaluating, reevaluating your expectations and your needs, and communicating mm-hmm. those to your your partner on a continual basis, but. So for instance, myself and my husband, last year, we made a vision board for our, our seven year wedding anniversary. Like we just got down and, and made it, you know, That's I cool. love little projects like that. Like I, I, I see that as like a team building, super simple activity. Oh, yeah. I also like to just. Very romantic I, too. Very, you know, we're all sitting there, we're dreaming forward. That's important. Dreaming forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we so like cool. to dance at random times. I'll be like, hey, let's dance. Like, let's put on, hey, Google. Oh, hopefully it doesn't listen to me. But like, you know, <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll um, do, you know, turn on the music and have a good time. I'm I'm implementing pep rally Mondays 
in my family now that I have a kid. Mm-hmm. Like we got we got to start the week off strong. Huge. And what I hear, what I also hear is you're doing rituals of connection. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a fancy word for, you know, kind of thing, but it's like, okay, we're going to have, you know, pep rally Mondays. We're having these things where any, your hubby, if I, if I was visiting, he may say any point in time, Olivia will suddenly like throw the playlist on and we're, you know, rocking it out type of thing. Maybe you're going to be having this other, uh, each time your anniversary is coming the two of you may do a new dream board because that's dreaming for that's one of the when i say the exciting sexy parts newer relationships as we spend a lot of time listening dreaming sharing and we we put them out there in the relationship we put them out in the world and then as real life starts to bump up into it what we fail to do is reevaluate or continue to dream forward, but in a different way now. Now it's like, okay, now we're going to travel, but now we have kids type of thing. And what's that going to look like? Or we want to still have intimate and just you and me time. What's that going to look like when we've got a baby on a hip and a dog on the couch kind of thing? What's that you know, type of thing? Yeah. And I love that. Like dreaming together is so important. We're not after surviving in marriage. We're very much after thriving. And I think in order to thrive, you have to have the difficult conversations. You've got to Mm -hmm. face the things that have been hurting you. For me, learning to have a conscious marriage where we don't think about what the rest of the world says marriage is supposed Mm -hmm. to look like. We literally, Mm -hmm. on our core levels, like what I need, like what my childhood trauma self needs as that is still continually healing. Mm -hmm thing for him we need to be able to to understand that our home is our safe space our home is where we revive because we both show up for the world so big we can't be fighting each other and i i wish that more couples would understand that Uh, me too and i'm I'm just going to share real quick a little bit like some of the five, five strategies, fighting strategies, but I just wanted to compliment you and your husband on the legacy you're leaving for, you're creating for your son, because he's going to already be, you know, jump started on what a truly conscious, connected marriage is. He's going to see parents that are connected to each other, but also to him and the concept of the family. And so he's going to, he's going to be already equipped with many of those skills that we lack because some of us came from places where parents didn't talk about it or the talking was one way or it was extreme. And, and so when I'm working with couples and we're talking about fighting strategies and you like you mentioned that it took you time to basically take a time out and walk away. Oftentimes I have, there's these levels of criticism and we're not meaning to us like the why the words we're talking about why and you always you should we come with those words and we're, what we're really trying to do is what we needed to do in the bridge to help people show how does it impact you when your person when your partner does or doesn't do something how does it impact you or what is your concern it's easier to hear that maybe my partner's concerned about my drinking as opposed to attacking. You always do this every Friday night type of thing. The second one is defensiveness. And I, I said, I 
do that. But many of us were raised in a place where you, we needed to explain ourselves because certainly that would make things better. But what we failed to understand is in that moment when we're busy explaining why the, the sink is full of dishes, we're missing the real point. The real point of that dish is that maybe my hubby came home and he's really tired and he's ready to start dinner. And all these dishes means there's got to be a whole cleanup in the kitchen before he can make a quick dinner. So I, and so if you talk to their feeling, like, and I, I see you're frustrated and I really apologize for that, or I'm really sorry you're frustrated, or it seems like you're really exhausted. We talk to that emotion, it diffuses a potential fight. The third one is around contempt, and that's this, it's invisible to us. It's the loud voices. It's the, the, that we speak, the more stress we get, the louder, maybe the more pace we have it's the um the eye rolling and the sign like yeah i bet you you did those side comments those things transfer messages that we're not really aware of and it takes the couple and the individual acknowledge i'm i want to change this i don't want to do any more mean snarky stuff and so we learn how to get self-aware and accept feedback from our partners in the, in the moment but then i have you know each one of us has a different physiological response to stress, fatigue, attacks. And so some people are my fire people and they get loud and hot fast and they're big, dramatic and their arms are going everywhere and they may pace and stuff like that. They may slam some door, you know, cabinet doors or things like that. And then I have some of them others that are more ice people and they tend to get quiet. They sort of withdraw. They'll look in their phones, which sometimes can feel disrespectful. They'll walk out, go use the restroom. They're trying to calm themselves, just like the fire person is trying to vent and calm themselves, but it feels very different to one another. And until we understand that both of us are flooded, both of us are unable to create um, intelligent communication. Yeah, the words can come out of our mouth, but we're not going to be able to resolve it and then come up with a plan around a timeout, a keyword that calls a timeout, a plan to go cool down or vent and with an an already set expectation that we're going to come back and we're going to have a talk about whatever it was and if it gets if it's still too fresh we'll take another break but we have a system and a plan in place and that builds confidence that nothing is too big that's going to break us up nothing is too big to have us feel like why bother? We just got to keep chipping at it. And that's kind of what we alluded to like the, the hard stuff. Yeah, some of those topics are hard and we can't resolve them. And research does show that only we are only able to resolve some of some of those conflicts, some of those fights. Like 69% of the time, we're not going to agree in that moment. of the time we are going to agree. So we want to be able to take those, those things that we agree upon and rely on our strengths. And then we just bring the other ones out and slowly revisit them. And sometimes we're just, we're never going to get to that point where we're a hundred percent agreement with, because we're both different people with different backgrounds, but it's okay. And so we just keep adding and shifting the numbers over in the topics over 
also, I don't know for some of you, but there are many of my folks that just have topics that are just set aside. Back when there's been certain political um, political votes going on, many of my couples that didn't see eye to eye, they just learned that we're just going to put politics off to the side. And it's not something that we're really going to hammer in or convince each other of. Okay. When the vaccine was out and pros and cons and stuff like that, that was another one of those, you can't sell me or convince me the other way. So don't, all right? You don't have to. We're individuals and we're unique. And the we come together makes a beautiful relationship because it's ours. I think a lot of our culture needs to learn how to agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just, they, they just have to, some people are so concerned with being right mm-hmm. that they, in the in in long term, they just lose because they ruin their relationships because yeah. they're not willing to hear the other side or they're not willing to put what they're so strongly about to the side and focus on the things that matter most. If you don't want mm-hmm. to get the vaccine, we have the luxury of not doing that in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, like like mm-hmm. seriously. If you don't yeah. like a, if you don't like a, a candidate, you have the the opportunity to not vote for them. Right, yeah. right. There's a reason why it's kind of supposed to be secret ballot, right? So, okay, you just go vote, do your thing. I'll do my thing. At the end of the you know, at the end of the day, we both voted or one opted out. It's okay, um, and that shows respect for the other person. It shows respect for their intelligence and their preference, and then we just move on. Because that doesn't define us. That wasn't, doesn't define us. That doesn't define the relationship. It also is really cool when kids know that don't ask my parents, <laughs> they don't, you know, type of thing. Or, you know, that, no, one's of this and one's of that. Like, oh, okay, cool. And your our kids and people around us get to see us coexist. Even though we don't see eye to eye, we aren't, you know, the site glued to one another in our, in everything that we do. And being able to maintain the individuality is important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's who you fell in love with, right? Mm -hmm. You fell in love with this person. They fell in love with you and to completely lose that part of you into the relationship. Isn't very sexy. Although it, it matches up with some of the, I won't say the myths that we've been told and some of the things that we see. And, and so it's, it's not necessary to have a great marriage or great relationship. He is, you guys get to design, design and decide what works for you. And so when I'm working with folks, the last thing we're doing is creating a clone of what my marriage looks like. The last thing that they're going to do is they're going to create a clone of something that they saw. What we are going to do is get a really good objective because I have an assessment they use a really good objective using the foundation first assessment of what their strengths and their gaps are. And then we talk individually and come together and they personalize with the input from the assessments and, and my chats about where they want to see their relationship going so they're in the driving seat and that's very empowering and that's very sexy and it also means that if you can design where you want to go and i can give you the tools 
there's some things you can continually tweak it as things come on board. So then you add in kids or you add in a job change or you add in in-laws and, you know, illnesses, all those real things, financial stresses, you have the tools to sit down. Okay. It's different than what we did last year, but we can do this. We can get through this fire that just burned down part of our house or torched our car. I love that. Dr. Jenkins, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing everything that you did. And guys, like I mentioned before, her links are in the show notes below. Definitely check them out. Definitely take her quizzes. There's multiple things down there. Connect mm-hmm. with her if if you're, like I said before, interested in picking up what she's putting down. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jenkins, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, Olivia. Thank you so much for for inviting me to be here. And I look so forward to talking to you soon again. Yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.